In this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, we will take a close look at the meaning of love and explore one of the many demonstrations of God's love revealed in the scriptures. As we think of God's love toward mankind, let's take a journey to Nehemiah chapter 9 and ponder the account of God's dealings with his people. In this passage of scripture, we see that God chose Abram, brought him out of Ur, gave him the name Abraham, and God found Abraham's heart to be faithful. God made a covenant with Abraham and kept that covenant with him. Does he find you faithful? Do others see your unwavering faith in Jesus and your full trust in God? Join us as we take a journey through the scriptures, revealing God's faithfulness and our call to be faithful to him. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. We're going to take a look at Nehemiah chapter 9, and especially the 17th verse of Nehemiah chapter 9. And we're going to take a play out of the Levites' playbook in Nehemiah chapter 9. And we see here that the Levites are confessing God's goodness and their wickedness. And I think that if we would begin to really be honest with ourselves as we look at God's love, we would see how important it is for us to realize what we were redeemed from. And I think it's important for us to realize the kind of individuals that God redeemed. He redeemed a sinful, wicked being. See, because the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So regardless of how good you may think you are or how good people have told you that you are, your good deeds cannot stack up against the pureness of God. And so as we begin this lesson that we're talking about out of Nehemiah, where the Levites begin to explain their wickedness and the goodness of God and confess them, their, their sins and needs for, need for repentance to God, I want you to begin to think about your own life for a moment. I want you to realize that God gave his son Jesus Christ to pay the sin debt that you and I could not pay, but he didn't owe. And I want you to see that he is pure, he is holy, and he is good. He is the standard by which none of us could measure any of us by. He's too great, he's too amazing, and he's too pure. 
But he doesn't ask us to measure ourselves against him. He asks us to measure ourselves through the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed upon the cross of Calvary. And for those of us who have received him as Savior and been washed white as snow, when God looks at our hearts, he sees the blood of Jesus. And I want you to catch something here. What he sees is someone who is standing in the pureness of Jesus. And we are on equal footing because we were joint heirs with Jesus Christ through the blood of Jesus. And as we begin to think about that, here's the other part I want you to look at. So often in this world, we are looking at our neighbors, we're looking at our church friends, we look at the people on our pew, we look at our pastors, we look at our family, we look at our friends, and, oh, we're not that bad, we're doing better than they are, or, oh, I read the Bible more than they do, or, hey, I have more favor of God. Hey, all of those things are incorrect. Because we need to have a heavenly view. We need to look up and not out. We need to distribute our love out, but we need to look up to receive our love and to receive the grace and the mercy that we are then going to distribute outwards. So our eyes and our heart should always be focused upward It should always be looking at Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. It should be listening to the Holy Spirit that is in us. It should be looking at the scriptures that tell us who God is and reveal the character of Jesus. When we begin to understand that we are a wicked people and in no way could we ever earn salvation, and in no way did we ever deserve the grace and the mercy that brought salvation to us. When we begin to see that, I think we then might be like the Levites in this chapter 9 of Nehemiah. And we begin to confess the goodness of God and account our wickedness. Sometimes it's good to see what God has saved us from, where God has brought us to, and the amazing work and transformation that the Holy Spirit within us conforms us to him and transforms us to him, thereby keeping us from being conformed to the world. As we look in Nehemiah chapter 9, in verse 6, it says this, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Thou art the Lord, the God, who didst choose Abraham, and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees, and gave him the name of Abraham. And foundest his heart faithful before thee, and madest a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, and the Girgashites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and hast performed the words, for thou art righteous. So what we see here in the very beginning of this 
is that they had seen the afflictions of the earlier generations. God had seen it all. God understood what had happened. He heard their cries, and he delivers them from the hands of the Egyptians. That's what happens with the Israelites over and over and over again. And here are the Levites who are beginning to speak of who God is and their own wickedness. And they realized that it was God who took Abram and renamed him into Abraham. And what is so important about that is that when Abram is representing one person, though it's the same guy, I get it, but a, a way of life, a, a allegiance to one thing, And when he renames him as Abraham, that's the transformation that takes place in Abraham. It shows us that when God transformed Abram into Abraham, he was living out his promise that he made to Abraham. And that his seed was going to be performed as God had told him. The promise that he made to Abraham was going to be true and was going to come to fruition because God had in Abraham a faithful servant. As you begin to look at what he says, he talks about the faithfulness of Abraham. And in verse 9, he says, And did see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heard us their cry by the Red Sea. Now, as we take our mind back to, to what is being talked about here by the Levites, we remember that when the Egyptians were chasing after the Israelites, they come to the Red Sea, and they're going to be trapped. And they are surely going to be overtaken by the Egyptians. But what we see happen is is that God parts the Red Sea. All of the Israelites go across on dry land. And as the Egyptians reach to the shore and begin to cross the Red Sea, the waters engulf them, and the Israelites are now safe and been delivered from their enemies. As we begin to see... As in verse 8, he says that Abraham found his heart faithful before God. And that's why he made a covenant with him. I want you to know that the Lord has made a covenant with his children. And that is that if we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. When we remain faithful to our heart's cry, and we speak to the Lord and deliver our message of Uh, the need for help and assistance to him. When we cry out for his deliverance, God is faithful to deliver us when we are faithful to follow. See, the Egyptians were chasing after the Israelites, and they had come to a place where they were surely going to die if it had not been for the hand of God. And each of us find ourselves 
moment by moment perhaps, but certainly in different times of our life, come into a place where without the deliverance of God, we will surely sink. We will surely fail. We may even surely die because without God's hand in our situation, we can't prevail. And we see that Abraham was a faithful servant. We are reminded in this as we begin to read through this of how God has been faithful over time. He didn't just wash up on a scene and do something, and then the next time they needed him, he was gone. That's not how it happened. We understand that God led the Israelites through the wilderness by a cloudy pillar by the day and a pillar of fire by night so that they would have safe passage. Again, when they needed him, the faithfulness was there. And God showed up in mighty ways. When we see that Moses would stand in the gap For the Israelites, as they were moving forward in the direction that God had told him to lead them, then what we see is God's hand of protection upon them. It's my fear that God is leading you and you're not following. It's my fear that we get ahead of God and his plan. And when we do that, we insert ourselves and we make a mess of everything that God has for us. It's my fear that God has many a things for us and we can't receive them because we are not faithful to follow and we're just not there where the blessings are being poured out. God is pouring his blessings and he's pouring his favor out, but we are not there to receive them or our vessel is too dirty and too filled with the world and the things of it to be able to receive what God has for us. This wasn't the case with Abraham. He was faithful. People could see that. People could see the faithfulness of Moses. I want you to let your mind go back and remember the Ten Commandments that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. These Ten Commandments demonstrate God's love for us because he wants us to know the correct way to live. And he's given us God's holy word, Jesus, who was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God from Genesis to Revelations It's the greatest love letter ever written. When I look at the meaning of love, what I see is Jesus. He was sacrificial. His love is unconditional. He doesn't love someone for what they can do for them, him. He doesn't love someone for what they have done. He doesn't love someone for the amazing greatness of being associated with someone else. He simply loves them. And he continues to love them even when they don't follow him. He continues to love them when they reject him. He continues to love them when they mock him. 
In fact, if you go back to the account of Christ on the cross when he was shedding his perfect sinless blood that you and I might go free, we see that the very people who had put him on the cross, the people who had driven the spikes in his hand, the people who were mocking him and gambling for his clothing, they are the ones that he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And there was no guile found in his mouth. That is what love is. Anything else is something else. But when you love someone, it's about your love for them. It's a choice you're making to really love them. There are things about them that make you, may make you want to love them, but it's your choice to love them. And the Bible says that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And as we think about these Ten Commandments that he's given us, that we might have the knowledge to live the life, the abundant life that he's asked us to live, I want you to think of something else. I want you to think that when the Israelites were being led by the pillar by day and the fire by night, when God was providing for them, even though they were rejecting him and complaining about him, and despite their um, tremendous complaining and rejection of God's plan and God's man to deliver them, God still had tender love and compassion on them. He still was making sure they could have a safe passage. And when they were hungry, he fed them manna from above. I want you to know that when your soul is hungry, when there is a void in your life that nothing on earth can fill, when there is no comfort to be found, when you can't get the peace that you are longing for. God is still providing the manna to feel that hunger, the peace to soothe your soul. And he is still protecting and providing. He continually provides all we need as he promised he would. He did it for the Israelites and he'll do it for us. He says he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. See, the, despite all he did for them, they still refused to hearken to his commands and his words. They refused to acknowledge the wonders and the miracles that God did among them. In fact, they appointed someone to be a captain, to return back to their bondage. But I want you to look at Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17. It says, And they refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsook them not. 
despite all they had done, despite the blessings that God had given them, they refused to get on board with God's plan. They refused to acknowledge the greatness and the goodness of God. And though they complained and turned their backs on God, he never turned his back on them. He never left them hanging and in need. And regardless of how they received him or treated him, he continued to show them love and to provide for them. He still loves the same way today. And whether you want to acknowledge it or not, he is still loving you in that same way. His tender compassion is all around you. You have the opportunity right now at this moment to hear God loves you, to understand that Jesus died for you, and to understand that you can believe in a God that cannot fail, who wants you to live eternally with him in heaven. You have this moment to realize that God still loves like that today because he's still providing for you the need that you have even though you refuse to acknowledge who he is. And Christian, he's still loving you like he did them. They were trying to get a captain to take him back because at least they knew what that was. This stuff seemed a little bit odd. This stuff seemed a little hard. This stuff didn't seem to have the ending they were looking for. In other words, their faith was weak. Well, maybe you didn't get the promotion you thought you deserved. Perhaps your bank account doesn't have as many zeros in it as you thought it it needs. Perhaps you don't have the assurance that your health is completely all right. What you do have the assurance is, is that God is in control, that God loves you, that God has a plan for you to prosper you, to give you a hope and an expected end, that God will provide all of your needs. You either believe or you don't believe. And today, let's take a play out of Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17, and let's realize we don't want to be like the Israelites. We don't want to be the ones who don't say thank you. We don't want to be the ones that aren't acknowledging him. We want to be like Abraham, and we want to be found faithful in our heart. We want to be the one that understands he promised, and it's going to happen, and whatever happens is best because God knows what I don't know, and God's ways are higher than my ways, and God has a plan for me, and be from the beginning of time, he loved me. From the beginning of time, he had a plan for me and I promise you he didn't bring you this far now to drop you he didn't die on the cross to ignore you he didn't give his life for you to not want a relationship with you Jesus loves me this I know he's leading us through this world And some of you are looking back and trying to get in the world. But he came to redeem you and deliver you from it. Don't look back. Don't dip your toes in the world of sin. But let him wash you from the top of of your head to the bottom of your feet. Even though you ignore him, 
even though you may mock his grace, even though you may rebel against his commandments, and even though your loyalties sometimes may seem divided. Without fail, God continues to love you. He's drawing you now to him, and he wants to bless you abundantly. But you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one and hate the other. You can't sit and be lukewarm because God will spit that out of his mouth. You've got to commit. God is gracious and merciful and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And he will not and has not abandoned you. Regardless of what your eyes see, when you look left and right, I promise you that the vision upward, filled with faith and love to a God that cannot fail, will produce grace and mercy that will allow you to prevail. Read chapter 9 of Nehemiah today and let it bless you with his amazing, unending, unconditional love of God. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.